You're listening to Getting Pink and Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura. We like talking about wellness and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. This week in particular, we're talking about being veg. It's a veg episode! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to episode four. We're super excited to do this episode. Yes. But also really nervous. We are nervous. Um... We should probably start by sort of giving a brief disclaimer about what we consider uh, being veg. So when we say that, um, I'm a vegetarian 90% of the time. And you, Laura? Um, I guess I consider myself a vegan. Right. But our kind of philosophy behind that, we sort of share a philosophy. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but personally mine is that... um, Doing something is better than doing nothing, and I think that every little bit helps, and I'm not a big fan of, like, passing judgment on people based on their life choices. Um, I mean, that's not really... I don't feel that's my place, and so Mm -hmm. I kind of consider these labels loosely. Yeah, I also think that there's a lot of flexibility within the labels themselves because there are so many different reasons to want to pursue not eating meat or not having dairy products, so yeah. Yeah, so we kind of were using these as sort of umbrella terms, but um, there are plenty of different lifestyles that can fit under them. So we're just going to be talking a little bit about ours and what works for us. So I don't actually know why you ever became a vegetarian. And you were vegetarian when I met you. I was, yeah. Um, When I was in grade 12, I read a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma, and it sort of just changed my whole thinking about food and animals and I just I was so conflicted and overwhelmed by what I was reading that I just sort of made a decision to try and stop eating everything Uh, and by everything I mean meat in this case meat and fish and seafood um, until I could sort of figure out how I felt about it so it was mainly coming from a place of being sort of like panicky and worried so I just sort of decided to just put on a whole veto on everything that could be considered at all problematic um and it was for a combination of reasons I also read a book called Eating Animals when I was in my first year of university and that is the book that I would recommend to everyone um before The Omnivore's Dilemma um it's by Jonathan Safran Foer, who's an amazing novelist, and he was motivated to look into this because he was having a daughter, and he wanted to know the realities and the truths behind um, the food industry. That's nice. Yeah, so the whole book is coming from a place where he's kind of skeptical going into it, and he doesn't know what to believe. So it's pretty balanced, I think. Like, he goes and he talks to a lot of different people, and in the end, it just sort of confirmed what I already sort of believed. Yeah. But what about you? Yeah, so about two years ago, around this time, I stopped eating factory farm meat. I was writing an essay uh, for one of my classes at the time on uh, the link between factory farming and environmental degradation and climate change. Um, And there are some pretty startling statistics. So like uh, raising livestock actually contributes more greenhouse gases Mm -hmm. to the atmosphere than transportation Transportation, uh, globally, which is really staggering and people don't realize that. So at the time I gave up factory farm meat, it was entirely for environmental reasons. Um, I was still eating meat a couple times a year whenever I'd go home, uh, as long as it was free range. 
mm-hmm. um, but I actually hated it. I didn't like I didn't like going home and eating meat. Um, so I ended up becoming a vegetarian, and I was only a vegetarian for a couple months before I ended up going vegan. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> <Bye. laughs> yeah, um, I read. A, I was reading a couple books um, by vegan athletes. So Scott Jurek was a major influence, and I recommend his book. He actually has a lot of good recipes in his book, uh, as well as Rich Roll. Uh, I read his book called Finding Ultra, and it's actually such an incredible story of the athletic uh, performance that he was able to achieve on a vegan diet, and it completely reshaped the way that I conceptualize being vegan. Um, And a lot of these athletes actually prefer to be called plant-based. Right. because there, Maybe there is a bit of a that. distinction there. Yeah. What was that tweet that you once told me about? Yeah. So the difference between ve- being vegan and plant-based is that Oreos are technically vegan. Plant-based. Right. Yeah. So plant-based is That's going just back so to... elegant. That's just an elegant way of putting it, you know? Yeah. You can be vegan and go, still go to McDonald's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. While being plant-based is just that return to whole foods yes. um, that don't include animal products. Uh, but yeah, so it was actually like a more of a nutritional um, thing that had me move towards veganism. Uh, and I think finding ultra with rich roll was actually what ultimately led me to make that decision. Mm-hmm. For me, there's a bunch of motivations that still stand. I mean, today I've, I, I don't even know how many years it's been that I've been a vegetarian, but I just can't really ever imagine. I always like to joke with my friends because I know nothing about buying meat. Like, I just completely (laughs) avoid that section of the grocery store. In my formative years, obviously, I was living at home. I I ate meat until I was around 18. But I never had to buy it for myself or cook it for myself. I don't know anything about, like, safety of meat in the home or what I'm supposed to do. So part of it, I sometimes joke, is, uh, like, laziness. Like, I'm just too lazy to learn how to do it (laughs) but no it's mostly it's mostly due to I I always was really shocked and part of it is definitely the animal cruelty I watch a bunch of films about that and that Mm -hmm. always sort of bothered me in a really like Mm -hmm. like it just bothered me you know um but it was also like all of the the learning about antibiotics and how yeah it's huge yeah and how those animals are fed so many antibiotics and then that's going into our bodies and that's just not healthy you know or even stuff with like the horse meat scandal in Europe like enough yeah <laughs> you know, people, like I know I just uh. it just yeah there's just for me there's just so many reasons oh the one statistic that I was always stuck with me is the one about how you can feed five times as many people with the grain that it would take to feed yeah. one cow no, exactly. than the meat you would exactly. get from that cow. Mm-hmm. It's just not a sustainable choice, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still eat um, shrimp once every... once in a while. And I'm kind of putting it out there because I just want to make it clear that even though I, when I decided to go vegetarian, I was, I'm pretty much of the firm opinion that once you decide to do something, mm-hmm. you can do it. Like, yeah. once you make the decision, that's sort of the hardest part, and after that, everything becomes easier. But I also acknowledge that even though it's not an excuse, at certain times in my life, I see eating shrimp as the lesser of evils because there have been times when I get too stressed to put in the energy that is necessary to plan out healthy meals um 
And while I could make that effort, there are times, such as like exam season, for instance, where I'm not willing to put in that time. And for me, it's it's sort of like a trade-off. And I, I, I see it as less than ideal, but I also see it as um, there have been times where my health has suffered because I've not put in the time and I've been totally sluggish or tired or whatever. And I've just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it, I'm not saying it's an excuse, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it's like, that's the lesser of all the evils, you know? Mm-hmm. Just in my personal opinion. No, I'm, I've been pretty diligent about uh, planning out my meals or making sure that I've been properly, like, eating properly. Um, and, and that's another thing, I think, that cutting out meat or once you're more cognizant of the food that you're eating it does require a lot of research so that Mm -hmm. you're understanding the benefits of what you're eating um and what foods you should be including yeah Um, definitely but but yeah that definitely is a time commitment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but we get a lot of questions um i'd say from people who aren't uh vegetarian or vegan um sometimes that whole that whole area is just a mystery to them. So yes, yeah. So we sort of wanted to address some of the things that we get asked most frequently. Yeah, what do you eat? <laughs> I guess what can you even eat? <laughs> None of the things that are good you can eat. No, you definitely don't. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely eat a lot of vegetables, uh, and that is something that you have to get used to, and your body definitely starts to crave once you cut out a lot of like processed stuff and I think that's what you find as well like once you cut out meat it's a lot easier to avoid processed things that's yeah um, but I mean I think those two things are different as well like oh, there's a diff- when I first went vegetarian mm-hmm. I was definitely one of those processed food vegetarians and yeah. I was eating a ton of cheese and I was eating a ton of you know frozen mm-hmm. quote-unquote chicken fingers and blah 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 you know and now that I've been with it a while I'm heading towards the plants and beans yeah. and legumes and everything, but it's super easy to yeah. continue to eat processed foods, and you're not necessarily any healthier. Yeah. I mean, I still argue that you are, but <laughs> not necessarily, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, but I'd say if you're eliminating meat, a lot of leafy greens and, um, yeah, a lot of legumes. Nuts. Okay. I'm so big on nuts. Nuts, 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 nuts. <laughs> nuts, 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 nuts. Um... Yeah, those are huge. We talked about those in the first podcast, but um, nuts, chickpeas, beans, grains, like, barley. <laughs> a lot of people ask um, what the hardest part of being vegetarian or vegan is. What would you, or like, what do you miss the most is something I get a lot. Um, I really liked breakfast sausages mm-hmm. and I really liked my mom's ribs that she would cook all day those are probably the only two meat products that I ever yeah. think about ever still people are always so surprised they are like going on and on about bacon I never even liked bacon uh, when I was a kid I was also never a huge bacon fan yeah it's weird like that's not something I have ever craved yeah I've never I was never that into it but there are a few things. I found that I don't actually get cravings. No, um, I don't get. I don't ever get. 
cravings where yeah. I'm like, I need to go eat that. But those are the only things I would ever. Yeah. No, I never, about. I never crave it, but it's definitely like if I smell it, if somebody has a pizza, I'll be like, oh, I would really like to eat cheese right now because that pizza smells amazing. Yeah. Um, but it always passes. <laughs> yeah. I find it's less about like getting <laughs> an, un, like a craving where you're like, I need to eat that. But yeah. it's like, there's some things that you're sometimes like, oh, that would, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think um, people sometimes are wonder, wonder how I cope when we go out to eat, mm-hmm. especially since I'm a massive foodie, yeah. um, which I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm huge about food and restaurants and side dishes and yeah. et cetera. But I feel like you might have more, a little slightly more of a challenge as a vegan. I actually haven't found it that difficult. Um, I find going to ethnic restaurants is your best bet. Yes. They will always be willing to accommodate you, and they usually do have a lot of uh, variety when it comes to vegetarian or vegan food. So that'd be a lot of Asian restaurants with maybe the exception of dim sum. Mm -hmm. Um, Dim sum doesn't usually have very many options. No. Um, But yeah, so Asian restaurants, Mexican restaurants. Yes. um, Italian restaurants are easy because you can go in and if they don't have anything just either a simple marinara sauce or garlic with olive oil on pasta um I've gone and loaded up a veggie pizza and just asked for no cheese before um after ensuring that the crust had no dairy in it so it's it's all about just being willing to ask for anything and a lot of times restaurants are more than willing to accommodate you Um, I find as a vegetarian it's pretty straightforward I have a family who I'm the only one who doesn't eat meat. So we often end up going to pretty serious meat-loving restaurants. I shouldn't say often, but sometimes. There are times. But there's always an option. There's always something that I could see myself liking. And I'm really big on side dishes. Mm -hmm. So I find that's one way to sort of make yourself feel like you're not missing out on anything. You're like, oh, but I'll have the sweet potato fries and I'll have... Oh, sweet potato fries. Yeah, saving my life. <laughs> yeah. Saving my life every day. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's 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 not as hard as it seems. Yeah. I mean... It's definitely really convenient having the internet and being able yes. to look at menus ahead of time. I always do that. And getting an idea of what meals you can eat or what you might be able to ask for as a, as a substitute yeah. or... I literally always do that yeah. if I know we're going to a certain place. I mm-hmm. I definitely always check, and I usually pick what I'm going to get before I even end up at the restaurant. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got one question from one of our listeners named Alex, and Alex asked, in your episode, I'd love to hear how you navigated your way through Easter. Smiley face. Thanks for your smiley face, Alex. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, I think we can extend this from Easter, though. I mean, she's she's saying Easter, but yeah, any no. family. Oh, and it's such a good question because I'd say like the first big family holiday is probably one of the hardest to navigate as, so a, hard. as a new vegetarian or vegan. Yes. Um, so any because most family holidays are revolve around a, a large slab of meat in the middle of the table. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a very uh, carnivorous family, mm-hmm. and. Especially my grandparents on both sides are always super confused. And they always <laughs> mention, they always, every time, they never fail to talk about how I'm not eating the turkey. Like, mm. 
they just they always mention it like aren't you gonna be sad without that or like aren't you and it's the I think the most challenging part (laughs) of navigating Easter or navigating any one of these dinners is not what you're gonna eat it's how you're gonna deal with your family (laughs) (laughs) like I'm fine with eating vegetables because I like vegetables Mm -hmm. and I could just eat all the side dishes and be more than happy yeah but my my parents are really supportive of this and they always want to make sure that like I'm bringing some kind of vegetarian entree Mm -hmm. um my mom's really great about making sure that um there's we make something together usually um Mm -hmm. so we pick a recipe and then we make like one year we made like a walnut meatloaf kind of thing and Mm -hmm. it's just like a little slab of protein on your plate um to replace it but yeah, honestly, the worst part for me is the the questions and the teasing. Yeah. And the... You kind of have to just roll with that and yeah. allow it to slide off your back. We've definitely, like, there are times where it's really easy and there are times where, like, debates ensue. Yes. Uh, but my family's been really good about everything. And uh, my aunt and uncle uh, also have become vegan, so it's easy oh, like we'll great. have a lot of a lot of side dishes so a lot of yeah. potatoes or tatties because we're scottish <laughs> hey granny uh carrots root vegetables uh like parsnips uh salads on yep. the side and you actually feel like you're getting everything my aunt wendy for christmas we made a really delicious lentil loaf um from the oh she glows website mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite blogs it has a lot of great vegan recipes but she also does a lot of holiday recipes so that's pies stuffing lentils um and or lentil loaves yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one good thing is to bring some kind of if you're going to any kind of family dinner to sort of take it upon yourself to make a recipe that's sort of an entree style and sometimes it can even like provoke conversation I remember one year my mom made these really amazing um squash and or cheese enchiladas or cannolis. I forget which they, what they were. Um, but it just, everyone tried them and everyone liked them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was sort of like a way to yeah, insert yourself. I've never really had any serious problems except one Thanksgiving with my uncle who just would not quit yeah. it. He would just not, <laughs> he would just not let it alone. But other than that, I think uh, just yeah. like being firm. I'm never obnoxious about it. I never like say anything mm-hmm. yeah I never say I'm not eating the turkey because I don't believe in that like yeah. I don't know that's just not who I am yeah just be accepting of what they eat and and hopefully <laughs> they'll hear something about what do you eat but that's yeah. not always the case mm-hmm. but um, Alex um yeah oh and if you're referring to the chocolate a lot of dark chocolate is naturally vegan if yes. that's um if that's a concern yeah <laughs> which and it is usually for desserts it's just the easiest to load up on fruits and yeah but vegan desserts are not hard no they're not they're not, they're not. that's actually probably the easiest um what else would we consider a, a challenge I think that's sort of the main challenge not even at a family dinner but in general mm-hmm. the hardest part for me about being a vegetarian I think that there is are other people is other I think that there are a lot of misconceptions yeah. about who vegetarians are or who vegans are and I think that for a while after I became vegan I really skirted around calling myself that because I hated the idea that somebody would hear that I was a vegan and make assumptions about yeah about me um, based solely on that and I've become a lot more confident with it um 
and realize that the more vocal I am about it, the more I get to push the definition of what it means to be a vegan. Hmm. Um, and so that people can say, like, oh, that's Laura and she's a vegan, not like that girl's just <laughs> vegan. Right? Um, yeah, I so, sort of, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. There's some groups where I would just, I would just never bring it up. Yeah. It's not something that's super. Yeah. I find a lot of inspiration in vegan athletes, uh, like I mentioned before. So Rich Roll and Scott Jurek or, or some, uh, Brendan Brazier is a huge one. Uh, he, and he's actually written a lot of resources such as Thrive Forward and he has a few books, um, making it much easier, uh, all the vegan nutrition stuff. Um, Mike Zygamanis was a big one for me uh, because he's a hockey player and hockey is my background. Um, and I think that, yeah, just people pushing the envelope of what it means to be a vegan and what you can achieve from being a yeah, vegan. Yeah, because there are a lot of misconceptions. And um, I, like, I remember in first year when I, I knew someone on our floor, I'm not going to say any names, but and he was... And I was talking about how I was a vegetarian, and he just did not believe that there are any vegan athletes, and that it was just the most absurd yeah. thing he had ever heard of. And mm-hmm. I think there's misconceptions, too, that I'm really judgy as a vegetarian about what other people eat, and people are always really on the defensive, I find, like people who I've interacted mm-hmm. with. I wrote one article when I was in first year about how I I have felt more <laughs> like challenged by other people than I have ever challenged other people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I've never brought up, when I'm at a dinner with someone, I've never brought up, so, how come you <laughs> eat meat? Like, what is your motivation for doing that? Like, I've never been pushy about it, but I feel that a lot of people are pushy yeah. about I think, vegetarianism. I think that you get both, though. There's pushy, and then there are people who are actually genuinely curious. That's true. And, um, yeah, I, I like demystifying everything and answering their questions. And Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, I think if... The one message I would probably leave with, in like, for my, <laughs> this is how I feel. If you're considering it, um, like, cutting back on meat or eating meat once a week or whatever you want to do, I think that you should go for it. I think that, like, any change. Yeah, just go for it. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was originally supposed to be a vegan for two weeks. That was, like... I was like, I'm going to do it for the next 14 days, and I never looked back. I felt amazing afterwards, and it was just, yeah, it was just something I never looked back on. So just take the plunge and see what happens. Yeah, but I mean, even, because also, hold on though, but even if they don't last with it after two weeks, like, that's, like, Mm -hmm. that's what happened for you, but, like, even if you don't, like, even if you can't do that and you can only be vegan, like, once a week or whatever, I think that's a good start, you know, like, to just... There's just so much judgment back and forth between vegetarian and non-vegetarian people. And I just think that we just need to cut that out because the only way we're going to make any strides forward in this is if people just feel comfortable defining their lifestyle the way that they are comfortable with, you know? Yeah. Like, if they want it. Meatless Mondays are a great idea. I'm big on that. Like, so that's how I feel. Steph and I love answering any of your questions about this stuff. So please keep them coming. Yes, you can tweet us at Green Guinea Pigs on Twitter or leave comments on our blog post at guineapigandgreen.com. All right, see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the veg episode. Veg episode. <laughs> Bye.